Welcome to the Divine Feminine Dog Trainer Podcast. Join me, Rhonda Bilodeau, professional dog trainer, as I talk about the spiritual and metaphysical side to training. Learn a new way to approach dog training that I hope will inspire you to see how magical you are and how magical dog training can be. Allow me to guide you in awakening your divine feminine and let's do this together. Hi, this is Rhonda Bilodeau of the Divine Feminine Dog Trainer Podcast, and today I have Kathleen Prasad on the podcast. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. So Kathleen has been pioneering the field of animal Reiki for over 22 years and has taught thousands of animal lovers this sacred healing art. She's written multiple books on the subject. She'd authored the Code of Ethics for the Profession and has created the world's first and only nonprofit called Shelter Animal Reiki Association, or Sarah. And Sarah is dedicated to bringing the peaceful power of the Let Animal Leads method to rescue animals and their caregivers around the world. Kathleen is also a California girl, wife and mother to a teenager, dog, and a horse. So welcome, Kathleen. I am so happy you're here. I think that for a lot of dog trainers, which is the primary, I would say, like audience for this podcast, and a lot of um, humans that have gone through a lot of dog training, I really wanted to have you on so that they could be exposed to other types of healing modalities. I mean, I think what's out there a lot is people who are having behavioral issues with their dogs. They're going and they're seeing dog trainers, but there's so much more that you can do on an emotional and a spiritual level with animals. And I know that, you know, Reiki is a very spiritual energy. And so I would love to know what is Reiki and your definition and how did you get into it and how can Reiki help an animal? Yeah. Thanks so much, Rhonda. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always good to kind of start with a foundational understanding (laughs) because a lot of people might've heard the word Reiki, but they don't necessarily know what it means or what we're talking about. So let's start there. Reiki is actually two Japanese words, Rei and Ki. Rei means spirit and Ki means energy. So you put those two words together, it really means spiritual energy. So Reiki as a concept, what it really means is the energy that makes up everything, right? So like what quantum physicists are studying now with all of their instruments, they can look at matter at the really elemental level and see, oh, this is energy. Ultimately, we're all made of energy. And I love when modern day scientists are catching up with the ancient philosophers. I think that's, <laughs> that's always yes. really a They've known this all this time, right? We're all energy. So that idea of accessing that aspect of the your essence, getting in touch with the essence of your being, something that is, you know, when we work with animals, we often see ourselves as separate species, separate beings. I'm a human, you're my dog, you know? And what Reiki really does is focus on something that we all share, that essence that doesn't matter if we're different species. It doesn't matter if your dog is sick or is has a behavior problem or let's go deeper than that. So Reiki really is um, for humans primarily, I would say. And my mother-in-law 
actually is the one who told me all about Reiki because she got a Reiki treatment for something with the surgery that wasn't healing properly. And she was complaining at work about it. And one of the lab techs who she worked with actually was also a Reiki master. And she's like, well, why don't you let me give you a couple of Reiki treatments and see if it helps. So she's like, Reiki, well, I don't know what that is, but I guess so. (laughs) And so she actually went and got a Reiki treatment or got a, a few and she was totally fine. She was healed. She thought she was going to have to go back and get another surgery to find out what was going on. And her body healed itself after a couple of treatments. So she was so excited about it. She's like, oh my God, Kathleen, this is amazing. You have to get a treatment next time you visit. At the time they lived in Denver, we lived in California. So I'm like, Reiki, what's that? That sounds weird because I didn't do anything holistic at that time. And so I was like, you know, well, she's my mother-in-law, so I guess I have to humor her. (laughs) That was kind of how it was. And so I'm like, so the next time I visit her, I'm like, your mom's going to make me do that weird Reiki thing, isn't she? And so that was really how I got my first treatment. But when I, when I got my treatment and the way it looks for humans is you lay down on a massage table and the practitioner walks around and, and does various hand positions, light hand positions, starting at your head, moving down your body. As I was in this space, just after, you know, five minutes or or so, I got this really deep, peaceful feeling. And being a anxious person growing up, having, I'm an empath, I'm a highly sensitive person, so having a lot of anxiety growing up, it was hard for me to reach a peaceful place. I always had that worried thought. And so having that peace was pretty incredible. And I thought, oh my God, I think this is key to healing my anxiety. And so that was really how I got interested in learning Reiki. And then of course, initially learning for humans. And then my animals started coming to me when I was practicing. And I'm like, oh, this is also good for animals and so on. So how did you find that human Reiki was different than animal Reiki? Because now you have a whole let animals lead method. So can you tell us a little bit about how you developed that method and what is the difference for people that do do animal Reiki or human Reiki and they do see like a human Reiki practitioner? Yeah. So, so as I said, you know, I, I learned originally from myself and my own anxiety, and then I started practicing the human way and my dog started laying on top of my feet every time I was doing my self-practice. And I'm like, that's really uncharacteristic for him. Like, it's so weird. He would always be like sort of next to me, but never like on top of my feet, like all curled up weird, you know? And I'm like, what are you doing? And I thought it was kind of funny. And then after a few days, I'm like, oh, wait, I think he's trying to share in the Reiki space. I think he's like soaking it up. And so I sat down next to him, I put my hands on him and he rolled over and he took a big sigh and he's like, finally, mom, duh, I've been asking you for Reiki this whole time. (laughs) So, so I was like, oh, animals like Reiki and it, it seems to relax them the way it relaxes me. And he already knew what it was because I was doing it for myself and he came over and was like using it already. So I was like, wow, animals seem to really understand the energy and know how to use it for themselves. So that really set up a questioning 
kind of like, I got to find out more about animals. And what I've learned, you know, I, I originally worked with a lot of shelter animals along with my own animals, my dog, my horse, um, friends, animals, dogs and cats. And in all these experiences, I noticed that animals were very different when during a Reiki session. So I like to lay down on a massage table and have hand positions. But if I would go to my horse, he would walk away, you know? And so then at first I thought, oh, well, I'll just cross time so he can't move. Or if it was my dog, I'd put him on his leash so he couldn't walk away. But then they looked uncomfortable. And I'm like, wait, Reiki's like really relaxing, makes you feel really good and relaxed. Why do they look stressed? And so over time, like I sort of evolved the way I practice to be very different than the way I learned for human beings. And that's really for two reasons. One is everybody who has a dog here, you all know, dogs are very sensitive to energy, right? So they decide if they like a person when they're 20 feet away, right? And they'll look at a person and they'll be like, oh, I don't like that person, right? Or, oh, I like that person, right? From really far away, they're reading that person's energy, really. Also, they read our energy. You know, if you have a dog and you feel sad, what happens? Your dog probably comforts you, right? Comes over and tries to make you feel better. If you're not feeling well, they sit by your side and just give you that support, right? Because they feel you need that support. They feel your energy and they, they're they coming forward to support you, which is so beautiful, right? Well, this tells us that our dogs are very, very sensitive to energy. So as a human being, I might not realize energy the way that my dog does. Maybe I need a physical touch to help me feel energy. But dogs don't need that physical touch. They can sense the space, the, the energy you're giving off, the radiance of you know the person or the animal near them. They can feel that already. So I had to find a way to like respect that deep, deeper sensitivity, but also my dog came and was, was taking Reiki even before I knew what he was doing. So to understand the animals already know how to step in and use, utilize that space for their own well-being, that requires me as a Reiki person to step back and say, you lead, you already know what you need and you know how to make use of this space. So I'm going to make space for you to do that. I'm not going to force touch. I'm not going to, you know, be beaming energy with my mind at this or that problem that you have. I'm going to just go inward into a Reiki meditation, create a really peaceful, grounded space of love and light, always staying positive, keeping positive energy, positive thoughts. I'm just going to offer that space to you. And then you, as the dog, you decide if you want to step into the space, how close you want to be to me, if you want to lay down and rest in the space, if you want to come and lay on my lap, whatever it looks like, you know, you decide, I respect you, that you know what you need. And so that, you know, if I went to a Reiki person for a session and I went, I got there and the Reiki person sat in a chair across the room and said, okay, well, you take what you need. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. You've got to come over and do those hand positions. I don't, you know, so it's just a totally different way that we as human beings connect to the energy and respecting that our dogs or animals, whatever animals we have, that they are 
just wiser. They're really going to teach us about this energy space that we struggle to sense, I guess I could say. And so that's really respecting animals' wisdom and also encouraging their agency within a session. That really is what makes the Let Animals Lead method different. And I know that dog training also has a lot of different ways that people train dogs. And some of those ways honor a dog's choice and agency and others suppress that. And so it's, it's, it's really fun being careful. If you're going to work with energy healing and your dog, you want to be really careful that you're not suppressing their will with your own agenda. And so that to me is one of the reasons I developed the let animals lead method to just really protect uh, animals to protect their choice and to give them that, that freedom of expression to make sure that they're taking it because I'm sure you know this as a dog trainer. There are some dogs that are very submissive. Yes. Right? And they'll basically, they're looking to see what you want and then they're kind of doing what you want, even if it's not necessarily what they want. Right. And this is the, the subtle thing about dogs. You might not see this with other animals like horses or cats. They'll be like, hell no, get away from me. I don't want that. <laughs> but a, a submissive dog might just submit to, okay, mom's doing this Reiki session to me. I guess I have to just lay here. And But it's not really what they want. And so that kind of subtle distinction, it's what I teach about in my classes is how do we make sure that we're not pushing our agenda? and saying, well, you need this healing, you've got this behavioral problem, or you have this emotional issue, or you've got this, you just had surgery, you need this. Or, you know, when my dog was in hospice, I did it to him, he had cancer. And I thought, oh, I'm going to heal you, you're not going to die. And my dog was trying to like crawl away from me, he couldn't walk at that point. He's like, get away from me, lady, what are you, what are you doing? And so I think a big piece of the Let Animals Lead method is really taking a hard look at our own sort of relationship with the problem that our dog has and kind of setting that problem aside and going to the essence, the Reiki of the being, the spiritual energy of the being and, and recognizing that, okay, my dog is in hospice or my dog has cancer or my dog has aggression or whatever it is and saying, let's set that aside. And now I want to be with my dog in a space deeper than that, a space of light, the light of their soul, the perfection of their inner being. Let's sit together in that light. Let's be together. I want to see through those eyes. I want to see my dog's essence and light. I want to let go of everything that's wrong. And what's really funny is when you do that, that's where the healing happens. The healing doesn't happen when we're struggling with the illness and focusing on it and all the negativity in our energy that happens and snowballs. More focus on, oh my God, my dog has aggression. Are they going to be aggressive again? Are they going to, you know, all that worry and fear? It actually creates an obstacle to connecting with, with our dogs, an obstacle to being able to listen to what our dogs need. And so just, I think really letting go and being together is the essence of what animal Reiki is. And so in that way, it's really different than human Reiki where there's a defined protocol and sort of a job that the practitioner has to help the human sense the energy, right? Right. With animals, it's a meditative practice. 
you're sitting in the meditative space and you're seeing more deeply than the issue and you're holding a space of light. And and that's a space where your dog feels the peace, feels the grounding, feels that, oh, this person's let go of all the things that were causing them to worry. Okay. And, and then they're drawn to that peace that, that is happening within you. They feel it. They sense it. When they step into it, that is where the parasympathetic response happens. And so there's been scientific research done on Reiki. It shows that it activates the parasympathetic response. But in today's world, unfortunately, living in the city, living disconnected to nature, well, you you live in a, a beautiful place with lots of nature, but not all of us can do that. And so we're in a, a constant heightened state of stress all the time, not to mention the media the news, I call it the bad news. You know, all, all the stuff that you're seeing is like all the worst of humanity, all the worst of everything that's happening in the world. We're bombarded. And it means that we are in, honestly, we're in a state of fight or flight all the time. And because our dogs live with us and they're with us all the time, they're in that energy all the time. We might live in a tiny apartment with and have to walk by a bunch of aggressive dogs every day, whatever. There could be a lot of stress in city living, for example, for our dogs. They're also in that heightened state. So when we're in the heightened state of stress, it's bad for our our physical being, for our mental and emotional and our spiritual being. It is, we get sick. It starts at that energetic stress level and then it moves into other levels. So, you know, for me, when I'm stressed, I might get a migraine. That's one thing that happens to me. Or I might get a stomach ache. And I'm, I mean, think of your dogs. If your dogs get stressed, what happens? You know, they get a stomach ache, they stop eating, or maybe they get a fear aggression or, right? Dogs will show that stress as, as well. So the goal of animal Reiki, or really what happens in the space is that that stress response releases and is replaced by that deep rest and relaxation response, which scientists call the parasympathetic response. And that is where all of your cells are in a state of well-being. All the electrical responses, everything in your mind and body is saying, everything's okay. I'm safe, all is well. Now, when our body and everything in our being is giving us that message, we can heal. That's actually the ideal space for your body, mind, and spirit to heal itself. And so Reiki is not a magical trick where it heals you. You know, oh, I'm channeling this energy from out here and I'm healing you. Reiki is a practice that creates a space of possibility for us to release all that stress and then heal ourselves. And so I have seen, you know, with so much work with dogs, my own and shelter dogs and rescued, a lot of work with rescued animals over the years, the most amazing healing responses, whether it's, you know, um, a dog who's rescued from a puppy mill who is completely shut down and nobody's home, after a Reiki session, the light comes back on in their eyes. They are able to see me and connect, and then they come forward to connect with humans again, whether it's something you know really dramatic like that, 
Or it could be something like, um, you know, a dog has surgery and often when they come out of the anesthesia, it's very difficult to come out and they don't feel well for a while when they come out of it. If I'm offering Reiki to them, they pop right out of it. They feel good. A lot of times they need a lot less pain medication. So it's like really enfolding their being, creating this space of wellness to help them cope with whatever it is that they're dealing with in their life, whatever stresses that it could be, whether it's recovering from a surgery or if they have an illness, you know, um, or if they have a, an emotional sensitivity or, you know, it doesn't really matter what the issue is. The approach is always the same. We're creating that parasympathetic response so that they can heal themselves because they have that wisdom and they they know how to heal themselves. We just want to uh, be the the person that can help create the space for them to do that and to trust them to do that. So it's really amazing to see all the different types of healing responses. One time I was working with a pit bull in a shelter setting and the pit bull had come in several days before and he was he was shaking violently the whole time big his eyes were so big and his his belly was against the ground. He was walking like a lizard because he was too afraid to like stretch up and walk. He was absolutely terrified. And so the staff walked him to the Reiki room for me and he walked with his belly on the ground, shaking terribly the whole time, went into the room. I put a blanket in the middle of the room. I sat down in the middle of the room. I started my meditation. So the dog was cowering in the corner. After about five minutes, he kind of looked at me like, oh, what, what is this? Hmm, this feels good. And he slowly crawled over to me and then he crawled into my lap, 60 pound lap dog. Yes. <laughs> and then he was in my lap, shaking, shaking, shaking. After another maybe five or 10 minutes, he had this huge shaking episode. And then he took a deep breath, let it out, and all the shaking stopped and he fell asleep sitting in my lap. And he slept for like 45 minutes until I was, I had to go. I couldn't stay any longer. He probably would have liked to stay there all day. So I just kind of pet him a little and I said, okay, thank you. And, you know, and he, he crawled off my lap. He stood up like a regular dog. He walked over, he drank water and I put on his leash and I walked him down the hall to the manager's office. I said, um, so do you want to put him back? (laughs) And she goes, where's the dog that I left you with? I'm like, this is him. She's like, I can't believe it. So, you know, something like that too, of just the seeing the stress release, you know, in that moment. So this is a really powerful method for relieving the stress of your dog, whether it's pain from a physical problem, even like if they're seniors and they have arthritis, this can help them to feel better in their bodies and walk better, even when they're old to, you know, if they have a, if you have a rescued dog and he has past trauma that causes him stress, this can help relieve that. If you have an old dog who's on the downward trajectory, this can help that time be filled with much more peace rather than stress and worry. Whatever the stress is, you're creating, no, all is well. I see the light. You are safe. Everything is good. And that message to our dogs I think is the most important message we could give them. And we need to give that to them every moment, 
No matter what the external circumstances, we need to go deeper and create that spiritual anchor for our dogs. And that will really help them navigate life without this roller coaster of stress. It can really help them settle and into their being. And then, you know, things just get much, everything gets much easier when you can approach it from that more grounded, peaceful space. Wow. You've done such an incredible job explaining all of this. I would have questions and then you would answer them. Incredible. So if, (laughs) if someone were to go through your training, the letting the animals lead method, your method, and they were having a dog with some behavioral issues, what could they expect? Like, could they expect to be working with their dogs maybe a half an hour a day, an hour a day, and and how often? So what I recommend um, with my level one class, for example, is an eight-week class. We meet once a week for an hour, but you have homework every day. So the homework really is you have to sit and meditate with your dog, and I give you a specific meditation to do. (laughs) <laughs> a specific thing to think about to help you to stay positive. We we practice affirmations and all kinds of stuff to learn how to replace those negative thoughts so that when we're sitting and meditating, we're, we're bringing up a lot of positivity, right? And I'll tell you to practice for 10 to 20 minutes with your dog. And that's sort of where you start. Ideally, 30 to 60 minute sessions is great because it gives your dog more time to settle, more time to be in that space of relaxation with you. But, you know, some of us are not natural meditators and this is a learning process. So the level one class is really the time to learn practical tips. How do I meditate? What does it look like? You can meditate sitting with your dog. You can meditate standing in the yard with your dog. You can meditate walking your dog. There's a lot of flexibility in this practice. So you learn all about that and you start in little increments. And maybe it's not 10 minutes all at once. Maybe it's five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening. But even these small practices, if you do them every day, they become habits. And then that habit develops into a stronger foundation, which becomes more a way of being with your dog. And so ultimately, that's what my classes in the Let Animals Lead Method, it's about really changing the way that you see your dog, the changing the way that you are with your dog. So that cultivating that presence of peacefulness with your dog, it's a totally different way of seeing your energy and and radiating your energy and and an awareness. It's a lot about mindfulness so that we actually notice when we're stressed and we notice when, oh gosh, I'm really upset about work today and I'm that my dog's running away from me, you know, starting to be mindful of the energy we're bringing because whether you are going to cultivate awareness or not, you are bringing a specific energy to your dog every moment that you're with them. And even if they live in the house with you, every moment you're in the home, they are picking up on that energy. So if we can start to notice what is my energy and then maybe if our energy is angry or worried, if we have tools to bring it back into more peaceful space, right? It's a completely different way of living with your animals. So it's really, it, it's where we start with those little tools and little practices. But in the end, like my, my wish for all my students is to really open up your eyes to this possibility of a, like a different way of seeing my dog, different way of responding to their challenges and a different way of just living with them every single day. 
by cultivating my own energy. Yeah, I love that. I started noticing this when I started to become a lot more aware of my clients and my energy around the dogs that really like nothing was a coincidence. Like when the dogs were getting very hyperactive, the humans and their in its space had very high active minds. Or when they got really frustrated and they're explaining to me like all of the frustrating moments with their dogs, the dogs would start like jumping on them and whining and crying. And then I would try to, you know, shift their attention to like, look at how your dog is responding. We are so connected with our dogs. They're so sensitive to our energy. Yeah. And if we just focus on being more present and mindful and practicing our meditations, I'm sure a lot of your students notice huge changes and just the first week or so. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the changes and they're, and they're changes that are so dramatic that it really inspires my students to keep practicing. And that's, what's really exciting is they just do it once or twice and what, you know, and what's happening. My dog never lays down. He paces all the time or, you know, he doesn't sleep through the night. Oh, he's sleeping through the night. So I'm going to keep doing this, you know, so it's, it's really fun to see how, how each dog kind of responds uniquely to this practice. Do you have dog trainers come through your program often? Yeah, we have, I have a lot. I have dog trainers. I've had horse trainers, even uh, wildlife, people that work with wildlife, um, also uh, veterinarians, uh, vet techs and people that work in that, you know, realm. Also um, people who run animal rescues staff and volunteers of different types of animal rescues. And, and again, this practice, because it's not focused on touch and it's a very much of creating, cultivating a space for your meditation, it's great for all species. So even people who work with wild animals can use this to support, you know, animals in captivity experience a lot of stress and wild animals who are in, you know, enclosures. That's not a natural way to be. A lot of stress experience, so it can really help. So anyone who works with animals, I've got students who are groomers as well, and this really helps. Oh my gosh, it helps with, you know, there. there's always those dogs that are really difficult for the groomers and that are super stressed and don't want to be there, and it's just complete, total game changer. It's wonderful for just, hey, I just want to use this with my dog, but it makes a complete difference for people who do this for a living, who work with animals for a living. It's really awesome. And so if you are a dog trainer, you know, probably a lot of times you feel like you have to train the person. The dog's okay, but the person is the one that needs to be trained, right? And so this is really a way for, you know, you can learn some little simple tools to, to bring a little mindfulness to the person about shifting their energy into more balanced space. And that's going to make the training a lot easier if their person is is letting go of their worry or letting go of, of their fear or their stress and in much more grounded feeling. Now the training is going to happen much more easily. So, you know, all of this works together. I think Reiki is a wonderful complement to every other modality that we would use with animals. Conventional surgery, awesome, and also holistic methods awesome. And it's great with training and it's great with grooming and it's great with every, it's conservationists even who work in the wild. It's a wonderful way to sort of be a healing force as you're walking through the forest, you know, just really bringing that peace and balance with you wherever you go in your life. Yeah. And I love what you said about like 
being Reiki. Like it's like your, your beingness. Now, when you say that, do you mean like being like present and really like holding a container? Like I always, when, when I hear you talking about this, I'm envisioning holding a container of like non-judgment and total acceptance mm-hmm. and love. And within that container, like animals can feel that you are being present, which is their most natural state. And when they're around us and we have these high thinking states and we're worried and we're concerned and maybe we're judging them and we're judging ourselves, it's just not, A, it probably doesn't feel good and B, it's probably not very natural for them that it can be confusing. And so when you're, when you're talking about like being Reiki, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's exa- it means exactly exactly what you just described of letting go of judgments, being in a place of acceptance, and also, you know, seeing the light in all beings. I am the light, you are the light, and we stand in the light together. So it's beyond illness. It's beyond emotional issues. It's beyond species differences. Let's melt those differences away and let's understand that we're all one. We're all connected on this beautiful planet in this universe together. I am the light, you are the light. And it's really being in that space. And to me, it, to get to that space, it starts with presence. I have on my website, I have a three-day animal Reiki challenge. And it's like a, dipping your toe into this method to see if it's for you. And what it is, is it's three days, an hour a day. And you're, you spend with, with me, it's a recorded class. And I guide you through how to connect more deeply physically to to physical presence with your animals. So I talk about what do you, you know, let's be with your dog. Okay, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? Like really getting present in your body. What does your dog see? What is your dog smelling? What is your dog feeling? What Right? Then day two is emotional connections. So now, okay, how, let's get into me. What are my emotions right now? Let me sit in this space. Am I feeling worried? Am I feeling fear? Am I feeling, you know, anger? You know, what am I feeling? Am I stressed? Now, let me sit with my dog. Let me just really be present with him. What is he feeling? Is he happy? Is he relaxed? Is he stressed? Is he, right? So getting, learning how through meditation, each day you learn a special meditation to really start to understand and see those cues and understand that. And then the third day is a spiritual connection. And that's really the sort of the deepest space where we start talking about you are the light and seeing that light. If I can see it in myself, it's easier to see in my dog. And that's when we really start to let go of, you know, all of the stuff and just be in a place of of acceptance. And I, I often say, you know, there's a lot of times where we're with our dogs and we need the higher thinking level state of, okay, what's wrong? Let's problem solve. We need a diagnosis. We've got to figure out what to do. There's a lot of times when that's good. But like you said, it's not a natural state for our dogs and it's very exhausting for them. And I've been in a lot of spaces where, you know, if a dog has like, let's say they have a, they hurt their leg and they had surgery and it didn't go well. And so they had several surgeries and they're still limping. And every time you just sit, the dog's laying down and then the people start talking about the leg injury, the dog will be like, get up and like limp out of the room. Yeah. I don't don't even want you to talk about this. Oh my God, don't mention my leg again. You can see it's just total stress, right? So Reiki is a time where we can let go of that. 
oh, thank goodness. We had the vet check. We had the trainer over. We did whatever, you know, we did all that. We did chiropractic. We did acupuncture. We did. Okay. Now let's just be together in the space of light. All is well. Let's let go. And it is so, it is so healing for our dog to be able to be seen through that lens once in a while. Cause so much of our life is judgment and troubleshooting and problem solving and oh my gosh I've got to fix this right mm-hmm. and not that there's anything wrong with that but we just need to find more balance and so Reiki being Reiki is really about radiating that light that love that acceptance that peacefulness they and and what I my favorite affirmation and sort of what to me is represents this is all is well. That's beautiful. Really just be that for our dogs. It's so healing for them. Yeah. And I think that proof is really important for humans. And so, you know, you don't really know until you try it, until you go into that meditative state and you practice being more present, you start to really see that it starts to affect the dogs and For a lot of listeners, you know, maybe they're following me because, you know, I'm on my own journey of learning how to communicate with animals. And this is such a great place to start because the more clearer you can get, the more you can like drop into your your body and get out of your head and and really start to, to get into your body, get into your heart space. We can connect more with the animals and it just really, it helps and by far, my, my favorite movie to bring up is um, the Anna Breitenbach movie, The Animal Communicator. And that's mm-hmm. such a really great example of someone who just like she is Reiki. She is present. I mean, she's literally she's in South Africa and she's laying in a field with these bamboo, these bamboons, bamboons. What are they called? Bamboons. <laughs> <laughs> <She's, laughs> I'm thinking of like bamboo. She's laying in this field with all of these baboons and they're very aggressive with people but she's able to really easily move into their community and lay down with them because she's just she's empty she's like totally present she's got this beautiful loving energy and just like you're saying your favorite affirmation is is all is well like she's there projecting peace and all is well and the the communication and the interaction between them is totally different than the the interactions with everybody else in in the community and she's able to communicate with them and i think for a lot of people that watch that they have no idea how she is doing this and everything that you have said today is like such a great first step like being able to hold that space for the animal without like forcing them into it and really focusing on yourself and and being just like a really healing a healing space of like love and compassion is going to really help people on their journey, whether it's, you know, helping people with Reiki or helping people with animal communication or other healing modalities. To me, this is a great place to start. Absolutely. It's a great foundation that can actually improve. I have a lot of students who are animal communicators and they've said that when they've learned this method, their animal communication gets so much easier. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like you said, it just opens up the space and clears stuff out. And, and then it's just much, much easier to connect on that deeper level, which is really beautiful. Yeah. And then I don't know if you hit on any of the pillars in your let animals lead method, 
Um, I don't know if you could. I, quick- sort, I sort of, yeah, I kind of, I guess, talked around them, but the pillars are um, number one is based on Japanese Reiki techniques. So some people ask me, what's the difference between meditation and animal? The let animals lead method of animal Reiki, because you say it's meditation. Well, the meditations we teach are in specific Japanese practices. And so those that's what makes the meditation special and unique. Also, we do not force touch. Pillar two is we, we don't force touch and um, animals always initiate touch if they want touch or not. Um, we also um, talk, we talk a lot about um, staying positive. So pillar three is really about seeing the perfection and not judging animals by what's wrong with them. So that's another one of the pillars. Pillar four is about flexibility in our practice. So I talked about you might think, oh, I can't meditate. I can't sit still. Well, when we were with animals, you want to be flexible because you're outdoors, you're moving. So we sit, stand, or walk in our meditation. So we can do meditating with our eyes open. So that idea of being sort of the practice instead of, oh, I have to have a perfect physical position to be meditating. So that's that's a pillar four. Pillar five is mindfulness. So really seeing mindfulness as the foundation of our practice The animal Reiki is a mindfulness that we practice with our animals, not in energy therapy we do to them. So really shifting into that more open space. And then the last pillar six is animals are teachers and healers in their own right. So really honoring animals, respecting them for the the spiritual wisdom that they bring to the space. Um, We're not just the great heroes coming in with all this great energy, our animals actually elevate the space when they step in and they have so much to teach us, so many spiritual lessons. And so if we can, pillar six is really about humility. So if we can, you know, connect with animals from a humble space instead of from the human ego, I'm here to fix everything, right? It'll make all the difference. That humility makes all the difference. So I've kind of touched on all those, I think, but those, those are, you know, Pillars one through six; those are really the foundational teachings of this method. Make it unique and different from from any other method, which is very exciting. Awesome! Wow, thank you so much. This has been super helpful, Kathleen. And I think for anybody that's interested in learning more about Reiki, I would highly recommend going to animalreikisource.com, which is Kathleen's website, to learn more about how to get certified in the let animals lead method. Is there anything else you would like to say before we finish? I just encourage everybody to, you know, even, even if you aren't ready to take a class, but even if you, if you go to my website and you scroll down, there's a free meditation down the page. And if you click on that and just follow along with that meditation, it's called the healing space meditation, I think is what I have there. And if you just follow along with that, have your dog in the room, but let give them the option to leave if they want to leave the room and just sit and do that meditation. That's a great place for you to start and see you know, how it feels for you and, and, and what you think. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thanks for being here. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad our your power survived the rainstorm. Yes, hey. me too. <laughs> Thanks, Kathleen. Have a great night. You too. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts 
so that we may help more people and make a bigger impact in dog training. If you want to learn more about our healing services or online courses to train your dog or to get you started in the dog training business, please check out the divinefemininedogtrainer.com and definitely check out the Healing Wisdom from Your Dog online course coming out soon, all about understanding yourself better through your dog's unwanted behavior. Thank you and have a great day.